fellowship and commune with the Lord Jesus Christ and yourself. The Bible tells us in 1 John that our fellowship truly is with the Father. Would you please turn to that book, 1 John? I want to speak something very quickly this morning. Three points, no poem. I love the Lord's Supper. I think if you do it too often, it becomes trite. But if you don't do it enough, you forget. And so I'm thankful to remember again today. He's coming back. He said, I won't drink it again until I drink it new with you. He's keeping his promise. First John, I want to speak just quickly of three things on what the blood can do. First John chapter 1, verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. We just had that together. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Probably the worst deception is self-deception. And John says the truth is not in us. Verse 9, folks. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Father, thank you for this time. Bless these words from your word. Thank you for meeting with us, Lord. I just, I want to think about you and that day that we'll eat anew in your kingdom when the world will be set right. Lord, until that time, help us to be, to remember and to be thankful for what you've done. Remind us today of what your blood can do. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I, uh, I'm sure others in this room know more than I, the human body and what makes up the human body. It's one of the most amazing organisms in all of God's creation. The, from the largest muscle to the microscopic protein, from the most complex to the most simple operation, that human body, my human body, stupefies man. When I study the, the agent of blood, it's a world under a microscope. Uh, I'm appalled at blood. I'm not one of those want to see blood guys. I'm really praying about this blood drive, whether or not I should do that. I did one one time, and I passed out. There was a Filipino nurse, sweet lady in the church, who said, Pastor Matt, you've passed out, and you were saying all kinds of things. <laughs> Brother Jared, I asked her, I said, was it Bible verses? <laughs> she said, it was nursery rhymes. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I stood up too fast, didn't drink the orange juice, you know that they had provided, and, and, and me and other bodybuilders that day were passing out everywhere. <laughs> and these little teenage girls, you know, five foot one and 98 pounds, they just, you know, here's 10 gallons, take it. I got to go get another Mountain Dew. I mean, it's... Surgeons cannot really fully grasp the staggering complexity of blood. And throughout history, there's superstition and heathen practices and faulty and deadly medical procedures that surround this, this thing, this physical liquid called blood. And truth be told, 
as Christians, we sometimes struggle with the thought of blood connected to our faith. The, the, the physical part of blood. We understand it's important and necessary, but I think often we don't comprehend fully the symbolic nature of blood that is woven throughout the Bible. Have you ever stopped and calculated how much blood has been shed from animal skins? From Genesis chapter 3 all the way to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, it would shock you how much blood was shed. Why is there so much blood? You know, in the New Testament, the author's chose the word blood three times as often as they chose the word cross and five times as frequently as the word death. As people say, this is a bloody book. It is what God requires. We are not allowed to change that. I want to give you three things the blood does. Number one, the blood pacifies a sovereign God. In Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve attempted to cover their sin and their attempt was not sufficient. Genesis 3, 7, And the eyes of them were both open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and make themselves aprons. They had sinned against a holy God, and their attempt was animal skins. And God was not satisfied. In Genesis chapter 4, Cain desired to bring fruit of the ground, a garden, to please God. But Abel's blood sacrifice was more acceptable. Hebrews 11.4 says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent, more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God sees blood as excellent. The blood of a perfect lamb in Exodus chapter 12 was the only acceptable token that the death angel would receive. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. As our brother Spurgeon said, our sight of the atonement brings us comfort, but the Lord's own sight is the true reason of our salvation. He said, I will pass over you when I see the blood. I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you, destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. I've often thought about if we could take ourselves back there to the day, that day when Israel had to put the blood on the doorpost to appease the death angel, if we would put the things that we often think appease God on the door. Some people might put an attendance roster, attendance in church. Some might nail up some confirmation papers. Someone might say, here's the date of my infant baptism. Here is a list of my prayers. My dad's a pastor. Put his picture on the wall. My family, my tears, how bad I feel about myself. I'll just put those on the outside of the wall. My tithes, that'll appease the death angel. I'll just tack it up. And I see often people in our world, and has been since the beginning of Adam and Eve's sin, they tack things, they add things, they try to apply their own appeasement. The death came to every house where there was no blood on the door. Any family member that went outside the door of that house was on their own. There is no safety outside of the blood. It pacifies a sovereign God. And let me say to you today, if you were not able to take the Lord's Supper because you knew in your heart you don't know him. You knew in your heart you're not saved. Can I say this? Everything you need to please God 
has already been paid. God was willing to give his best gift for you. And you must receive it. But God will not force it upon you. Number two, the blood purges from sin. Romans tells us that in verse 24 and 26 of chapter 3, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. Long word, hard to say, hard to spell. It means covering. Propitiation through faith in his blood. I read about a drunken husband who snuck upstairs quietly one night. He looked in the bathroom mirror and then he bandaged the bumps and bruises he had received in the fight earlier that night at the bar. And then he smiled smugly to himself and proceeded to climb into bed, believing he had pulled one over on his wife. She'll never know where I was and what I did. When the morning came, he opened his eyes and his wife is standing over him. She said, you were drunk last night, weren't you? No, honey. No. Well, if you weren't, then who put the band-aids all over the bathroom mirror? <laughs> we go through and go to great lengths to cover our sin. When the blood of Jesus Christ is the only thing that works. It purges from sin. It purges the sinner from sin and sin's payment. Ephesians 1, 7 says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. I like how it tacks in according to the riches of his grace. Whew. Unsearchable riches. But it not only purges the sinner from sin and sin's payment, it purges the saint from daily effects of sin. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins. Those, he said, my little children, these things write unto you that ye sin not. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. So writing to believers, John says, the, the, the payment for your sin has already been made, and your soul is clean, but your feet get dirty. And your heart is affected. And he says, if you'll come and ask him to forgive you, he'll restore that fellowship. A saved man can be purged from sin's daily effects. You ever gone a long time with sin on you? It clogs. It slows you down. It makes you feel like you can't move spiritually. You know, when you and I look at blood, we don't think of blood as a cleansing agent. We look at blood needing to be cleansed. Needing to be cleaned up. I mean, if you think about the pigment of blood, it seems incongruous that anything, that it could actually clean anything. Like, the kitchen's dirty, honey. Okay, go get the pint of blood. We don't think this way. We just sang William Cooper's song, There is a Fountain Filled with Blood, drawn from Emmanuel's Veins. And look at the imagery. And sinners plunge beneath it, that flood, lose all their guilty stains. How, how do we get stains out with a staining agent? 
Are you washed in the blood? Nothing about the physical aspects of blood seems to show any usefulness as a cleansing agent. It stains. It doesn't cleanse. We use strong soap or detergent to clean it off. But as Dr. Brandt said, Dr. Paul, excuse me, Brand, he said we're looking at blood from the wrong perspective. We should be looking at what the blood does on the inside and not the outside. I have a volunteer today that's going to show that to you. And I'd like for him to come up at this time, if he would. I want to show you what it means to have your, what the blood does in cleansing you on the inside. This man right here was, is a swimmer. Is that right? Yes. And you swim in college? Yeah. Swam in Hawaii? Yes. How many like to swim in Hawaii today? <laughs> Not in the ocean, you probably wouldn't, right? A little bit hard? Some, some undercurrents? Brother Cameron Wells uh, is a real man, <laughs> and that's why I chose him. He's large, okay? So we're going to, uh, we're going to, June 10th is the blood drive. We're going to show you kind of how this is works right now. I'm kidding. No, we're not going to do that. Let's see if I can do this. Now, how many uh, nurses do we have in here or doctors today? Raise your hand, please, nice and high. Okay. I am going to do this wrong. But I just downloaded my degree last night, and we're good to go. Here we go. All right, step over here a little bit more, if you would, so that way, if you pass out, it goes that way. Here, right in the middle. Can you see that? Now, I'm going to do something right now. I'm just going to pump this thing up. Just hold your hand about right there, if you don't mind. Let's see if I'm doing this right. Okay. 300. All right, perfect. Mom, are you okay? You feel it yet? Yeah. Is it? Okay. Now. Left hand, you hold that for me? All right. Come over here, if you don't mind, just a little bit. Now, all I'm going to ask for the camera to do is to pump his fist. Just kind of hold out there and just pump your fist until I tell you to stop. <laughs> What's going on in his body inside right now is pain begins to develop. <laughs> what he's doing is he's forcing his muscles to work and to keep working without blood supply. And uh, the, the muscles in our body convert oxygen into energy, right? And they produce certain waste production called, anybody know? Metabolites. That normally would be flushed away out of his arm because of the circulation of blood. How are you feeling? It's getting tingly. Okay. Mom, I will not pass him out. And you're here if he does pass out to help him. Because what we're doing is we're constricting blood flow and the metabolites are accumulating in his cells. They're gathering and they are not being cleansed by a swirling stream of blood. And so in a few minutes, he is going to pass out. <laughs> but we are on live stream and we will not allow that to happen. Brother Bob is over here writing, writing furiously. <laughs> it's your grandson dying in front of you. Okay, moving on. So they're accumulating. I want you to see this in a second. Medically, the blood-sustaining life that is supposed to carry away, you see his hand? That's supposed to carry away the chemical byproducts that would interfere with it. They're not 
being allowed to flow. I want you to see something here. Hold that hand up high and high. Watch his hand now. Feel it? What does it feel like? It's, it's coming back to life now. Yeah. It's coming back to life. <laughs> Same color now. <laughs> All right. What do you feel, though? Um, warm. Warm? Mm-hmm. Would you use the word relief? Yes. On a scale of 1 to 10, what is your pain? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you. The lack of blood supply slowed down his ability to produce energy. Christ's blood cleanses away waste products. Sin. Which impedes my spiritual health. Sin is a blockage. And it's paralyzing. It's toxin. It slows you down. And it weakens you to the point where even the most basic spiritual exercise is painful. The blood purges us from sin. If you are not saved, you need the blood of Jesus Christ. You're dead in trespasses and sins. You can move. The soul is alive. But your image is destroyed. The image of God. Jesus Christ can restore the image of God in you. He makes you a son of God by faith in his blood. And your, his blood can flow through you in a spiritual way on the inside, can carry away sin and its toxins. Christian, if you're walking around sluggish spiritually, you might need to get the blood flowing again. You say, I have a sin account and one day I'll get it right. Your lack of spiritual energy is showing. Thirdly and lastly, the blood provides supremacy over Satan. We can read in Revelation 12.10, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast out, which accused them before our God day and night, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. I love Colossians 2.13. And you, being dead in, your dress, uh, dead in trespasses and sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross and having spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it if you don't have victory today can i tell you you'll never have victory victory is not yours i want victory in my life you have to go to the victor to get victory He's the one that has it. There is power in the blood to overcome Satan. If you are walking around with an accusatory conscience and you're a saved person, that is not of God. God gives you conviction and then shows you the blood. Satan 
shows you your past and shows you who he wants you to be. Hebrews 9.13, For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? When we see someone bleeding, we panic. We go into action. Why? Because we see it as a sign of a loss of power. They're losing power. They're losing life, right? The life of the flesh is in the blood. So if their blood is bleeding, if they're bleeding, they're, they need to stop it. But I would again one more time reference Dr. Brand in closing when he said this. He said, I'd like for you to think and rethink about blood and what it can do. He said, some years ago, there was an epidemic of measles that struck Valor. That's one of the oldest surviving cities in South India. And he said, one of my daughters, he's a medical missionary, one of my daughters had a severe attack of the measles. We knew she would recover, but our other infant daughter, Estelle, was dangerously vulnerable because of her age. When the pediatrician explained our need for convalescent serum, and that is a serum from a person who has recuperated from a particular infection, we have convalescent plasma right now for those that contracted COVID. He said when the pediatrician explained that we needed that serum, the word went around Valor that the missionaries, the brands, needed the blood of an overcomer. He said, we didn't actually use those words, but we, call, but we call for someone who had contracted measles and had overcome it. They didn't call it that, but that's what, what it is. And he said, serum, serum from an, uh, uh, such a person would protect my little daughter. And we located this person in this little village and withdrew some of his blood. And we injected that convalescent serum into my daughter. Now equipped with the borrowed antibodies, our daughter fought off the disease successfully. And then Brother Brand said this. She overcame the measles, not by her own resistance or vitality, but as a result of a battle that had taken place previously within someone else. Christ's blood is overcoming blood. He battled sin for you. And if you're not saved today, you cannot do anything to receive, to, do, to earn that except to receive it. Just receive spiritually the lifeblood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the battle that he won on the cross and the battle that he faced Satan that day still efficacious for you. Isaac Watts, who wrote When I Survey the Wonders Cross, he said this, not all the blood of beasts or Jewish altars slain could give the guilty conscience peace 
or wash away the stain. But Christ, the heavenly lamb, takes all our sins away, a sacrifice of nobler name and richer blood than they. Father, we are so privileged today to be reminded of your blood, to think how wonderful it is. Lord, on the outside, in a physical way, it looks ugly to me. It looks like it's weakness when it's gone. But Lord, we're reminded today the power of the blood is what's in the blood. And your blood is overcoming blood. Your blood battled and defeated sin and death and hell. And the Bible says you made a show of those principalities openly, triumphing over them. And I have victory today, Lord, not because of anything that I have done, but because of what you did on my behalf. Lord, I pray that you bless this time. Thank you for the day of remembering your body and your blood. Lord, help us keep you in mind until you come back. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed today, I would be remiss if I did not offer an opportunity if you don't know Christ as your Savior, to be saved. It's, it's not my offer. I just stand in Christ's stead as an ambassador saying, Christ offers you forgiveness. If you're in our midst today, you're watching online, and you do not know Christ as your Savior, and the weight of sin has, is bearing you down, and you're just done. You say, Pastor Marshall, I don't know what to do. What do I do? First of all, you have to admit that within yourself, within your works, anything that you try to do to earn God's favor is not enough. Can I ask you, do you think that you and I could be better than God's son? The perfect sacrifice. I, I think we cannot. I know that I cannot. Do you know that today? And if you are not saved, but would like for us to show you how, and you could be forgiven forever, and have that cleansing, overpowering blood applied to you. Overcoming blood. Would you raise your hand and say, Pastor Marshall, please pray for me today. I do not know Christ is my Savior. I am not certain that I would go to heaven if I died. I have not a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Would you lift your hand? Anybody like that this morning? I'm certain there are some here today. I understand it's hard to raise your hand. But I would just say this. Jesus loves you enough to give everything he has for you. If you were in our midst today, you saw some people who love Jesus Christ, not perfect people, people that love Christ. If you would like to come to us after the service and talk to us about how you can know for certain that you're one of God's children and that you'll go with him when you leave this world, we would love to show you. Let's stand this morning, believers, and we'll sing number 308. Again, if you don't know Christ, don't be ashamed. Come. Come down, we'd love to show you. Nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ for the day. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the 
house this morning. Be dismissed. God bless you. It's wonderful taking the Lord's Supper with you today.